I'll tell you, when we worship like this, at times it's hard for me to get up here and, and to be able to speak. Because my heart is full. Because I know I love and serve a God who is with me in the hard times. He's with me in the good times. Whatever storm is there, He loves me. And he cares for me. It's because of those things I know that I can be bold for Jesus Christ. The early church experienced hard times. They experienced good times. They met with Jesus Christ. And they were able to be bold. So this morning we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 3 and 4 as we talk about the brave and the bold. As we look at this idea of being bold for Christ, being bold in our faith. Now being bold is this idea of standing out and making our mark. Many of us only deal with bold as something we deal with in the office at the computer and when we hit that bold button it makes our font a little bit deeper and darker so everybody else can see it. But other of us understand what being bold is all about. And we long to be bold and to be courageous. And this morning we're going to look at this concept as it relates to the early church in Acts and how it should become a trait of our own. We need to be bold and courageous in our faith. Now when I first started thinking about boldness, I was reminded of a cartoon and comic book series. Probably not a big surprise. You guys know I'm just a big old nerd. That's who I am. Now this is an older title and started in 55. and went through 83 and they had different times. But it's primarily a team-up series where they take two different guys and they may put them together and it's the brave and the bold and this whole concept. This morning we're talking about a, a team-up. We're talking about Peter and John as they're dealing with some some hard things as they're preaching, as they're acting in compassion, as they're, they're being out there facing this hard world. Now, DC Comics has carried on this concept in a number of forms. And through the years, even as late as 2008, it began a series called Brave and the Bold. And most of us are familiar with Batman. And this was a Batman team-up. It would be Batman and the Hero of the Week, either Aquaman or, or Green Arrow or whoever that guy might be. But it was this idea of these guys are brave and they're bold and they do what's right and they're courageous all the time. Each week you could watch Batman and another hero take on a villain and see right conquer wrong. Now, when we as a whole think of the brave and the bold, most of us don't immediately think of superheroes. More often we think of great men and women that are explorers and leaders and pioneers. We think of Neil Armstrong. We think of Lewis and Clark. We think of Abraham Lincoln. We think of those people in our history that by their actions, by their choices, have changed the course of really human events, of human history. They were bold. They stood out. And you may have a history, a hero, someone that you look back to, man, that was a great man. That was a great woman. They did something that was courageous. They stood out. They were bold in the face of difficulty and hardship. Now, I tell you, I never really put myself in the category of being bold and courageous. My tendency is to be that quiet guy. Maybe think about things more and then make my move. But guess what? God is calling us all to be bold for Him. We're going to move beyond our nice, safe lives and embrace the life that He has for us. We are to be bold. 
What exactly does that mean? Well, I have two little definitions. Bold means not hesitating or fearful in the face of actual or possible danger or rebuff. Courageous and daring. When I think of Peter and I think of John in our passage this morning, I think of men who didn't hesitate, they weren't fearful, and they were facing not possible but actual danger. The second definition is not hesitating to break the rules of propriety and to be forward or impudent. Well, in a real sense, these men were standing and they were being bold. The early church was bold. The early church faced actual and possible danger at almost every turn. They knew that by speaking the message of Jesus Christ, they were putting their lives at risk. However, that knowledge didn't slow them down. Not at all. They continued to preach and act in love because they knew that God... The God that they served was great and worthy of their courage. (coughs) Now this morning, we're continuing looking at the early church, as we have with our pastor. We're looking through the book of Acts, and last week our pastor talked to us about living in community and sharing our lives. He talked about the function of the church, and he shared with us that there are seven functions as we looked at the great commandment, the great commission, and the great concern. And today... We want to look at the boldness of that early church and see our need to emulate what they grabbed hold of. God is calling us to be bold. In Acts 4, 29 and verse 30, that's where we're going to start this morning, and then we'll be going back to the beginning of Acts 3. But in Acts 4, verses 29 and 30, I want us to read God's Word. This is their prayer for boldness. Now, after all these things that have transpired in Acts 3 and in Acts 4, then we see them praying and writing out this prayer for us to see here. It says, Now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness, that they may speak thy word, by stretching forth thine hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you so much for all that you do in our lives. I thank you so much for a chance to to stand before this crowd this morning and share your word. And Father, I know that this is an area of weakness in my life. I have a tendency to be quiet and timid, God, but give me boldness for you. Give us all boldness for you so that we can make a difference in our community and our world, God. We love you. We just ask that you be with us now. In Christ, and we pray. Amen. This morning, we'll be traveling through the book of Acts 3 and 4. So I want to just encourage you to leave your Bible open there as we look at these different verses, as we see what transpired with John and Peter. And so just look as we seek to figure out what it is for us to be bold for him. As we look at the events of Acts 3 and 4, we see John and Peter being bold in three different areas. And these are not only important because of what happened to the lame man at the beginning of chapter 3 and to what happens to the early church, but it matters to us. They show us value in being bold for the kingdom. Too often we think, all right, a Christian is quiet and, and calm and maybe very reflective. But God calls us to be bold. Being bold sometimes means being loud and being out there in your face (laughs) and being what he wants us to be so that the world can know 
and hear that message of Jesus Christ. So let's look at these things. The first one I want to look at is being bold with compassion. As we look at Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 10, we see that Peter and John provided compassion in a very real way, in a bold way. It's something that we need to take hold of. The world doesn't take a lot of value in compassion unless it's for their causes, for those things that they think are important. And we see those pop up every once in a while. When a uh, hurricane hits an area, then there's all the stars get behind that and they raise money for it. Or um, when I was in high school, I mean, there was the uh, We Are the World song and those type of things. The world gets behind those different concepts. But being compassionate, being bold in our compassion means following what Christ is calling us to do here and now in our community, in our neighborhoods, in our homes, when he calls us to do that, to be bold with compassion. What do we see here? Well, in verses 3 and 4, we see that Peter and John did not ignore the hurting. Too often it's easy for us to look aside and say, well, somebody else will take care of them. Somebody else can help them. But God is calling us to be bold in our compassion. Verses 3 and 4 of Acts chapter 3, it says, When he saw Peter and John, this was the lame man, about to go into the temple, he began asking to receive alms. But Peter, along with John, fixed his gaze on him and said, Look at us. Peter and John didn't just go on about their business. They looked at the hurting that were there that God had placed right in front of them. And too often, we look aside. In our student ministry, um, this past, I think it was this past Sunday night, we sat down and we talked about what do we want to do in our community. Not what games we want to play or what activities we want to do. Do we want to go bowling or paintballing? No, all that craziness. Well, there's plenty of those things for us to do. But what did our students want to do for ministry? And I was excited. They came up with six different things. And one of the things that was mentioned is the neighborhoods right around our church. A couple of summers ago, um, Dave McEwen was our intern, and we took a van over and we handed out door hangers for VBS. And just down the road this way is a trailer park. Now, our students have become uh, familiar with the idea of helping those that are of a little bit lesser income by when we do sore serves every year when we go to sore. And my son actually mentioned, said, hey, what about those kids? They're right there. Are we looking past the hurting that are right around us? Peter and John didn't do that. They did not ignore the hurting. And when we're bold with compassion, we cannot ignore the hurting. In verse 4, Peter and John also engaged the hurting. What do I mean? Well, the last part it says, look at us. He didn't go past them. He didn't ignore them. But he connected with them. He said, look to us. We've got what you need. Third thing we see under this is that Peter and John gave the hurting what they really needed, what this man really needed. In verse 3, it says that when Peter and John about to go into the temple, he began asking to receive alms. Give me money. I need money so I can buy food and that sort of thing. But in verse 6, it says, But Peter said, I do not possess silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ and Nazarene, walk. That's what that man needed. Too often we try to supply things, well, it's, this is easy for us to give to them, or that's what we can give. 
What do those people really need? And when you're bold with compassion, you find that need. And you provide for that need. Peter and John were able to provide this man's greatest need. So that he could get up and walk and move and be a part of the community and a part of the world and make a difference. Peter and John gave this man what he really needed. Because of all these things, of being bold with compassion, we see in verses 9 and 10, that because of their compassion, God was glorified. When we as a church are bold in our compassion, God will be glorified. Verse 9, it says, And all the people saw him walking, this lame man, this man who had been still for so long. He was walking and praising God. In verse 10, And they were taking note of him. And being the one who used to sit at the beautiful gate at the temple to beg alms, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Because Peter and John were bold with compassion, God was glorified. When we as a church, when Temple Baptist Church is bold in our compassion, God will be glorified. The community will see what we're doing and realize, well, it's not just them. God is doing something. That's what we need to be involved in. We need to be bold in our compassion. If we go on in verse 11 through 26, we see that uh, they were being bold with the truth. Now, being bold with the truth is easy for, for our pastor, for myself, or for Brother Ron, or for anybody who stands in the pulpit. It's easy for us here on a Sunday morning to stand up and to preach the truth to people that have come to hear the truth. But how often do we go out those doors and preach the truth? Whether it's in our workplace, whether it's in our community, or whether it's in an organization that we're involved in, a club, a group, how often do we stand for the truth and we're bold in that? Too often I've failed in those areas. God is calling us to be bold. Now Peter, in verses 13 through 15, Peter spoke of their guilt in Jesus, in Jesus' death. He spoke very pointedly uh, to these religious leaders. In verse 13 it says, The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified His servant Jesus, the one whom you delivered and disowned in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. But you disowned the Holy and Righteous One and asked for a murderer to be granted to you, and put, but put to death the Prince of Life, the one whom God raised from the dead, a fact to which we are witnesses. Peter was being very bold and very straightforward. You murdered the Son of God was his message to these people. The one that you had waited for, that Messiah that you had hoped for, you put him to death. Those are bold words. And I know that it's hard for me to speak boldly at times. But when we trust in Jesus Christ, he can give us the power and strength to do that, to stand for those things that we need to be standing for, and to speak the truth of the gospel to a lost and dying world. God is calling us to be bold with the truth. Peter spoke of what healed that lame man. In verse 16, he was very bold, very straightforward. He said, on the basis of faith in his name, it is the name of Jesus which has strengthened this man whom you see and know. The faith which comes through him has given him this perfect health in the presence of you all. There was no doubt to Peter what transpired here. This wasn't some miraculous act that Peter did. It was by the name of Jesus Christ. And he preached that name to these religious leaders. This man that you put to death is the same man who gives power to the lame to walk again. 
That's truth. And he was being bold with it. Peter spoke of repentance and belief of Jesus in verses 17 through 20. And there the Bible says, And now, brethren, I know that you acted in ignorance, just as your rulers did. But the things which God announced beforehand by the mouth of all the prophets, that his Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. Therefore repent and return, so that your sins may be wiped away, in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send Jesus, the Christ, appointed for you. Too often, we'll speak of the importances of of good living, of righteous living, of making good choices, but are we sharing with people Jesus? Are we being bold in that proclamation? Are we being bold in speaking the truth? Too often, I find myself with others that I meet in the community, others that I'm involved with, whether it's Taekwondo or uh, the running community or whatever else I'm involved with. And I'll talk about, oh, that's a good, that's a godly thing. But often I fail in speaking to them the name of Jesus because it's in that name that there's power over death. That's the name that we need to share with a lost and dying world. We need to preach like Peter preached. Speaking the truth, speaking about people's sin and their need for Jesus Christ. We need to proclaim and be bold in that proclamation of the truth. If we look in chapter 4, verse 4, we see that there was a, a great answer to this. As he preached, it said in verse 4 of chapter 4, but many of those who had heard the message believed. And the number of men came to be about 5,000. 5,000 thousand men were saved because Peter was faithful to be bold to proclaim the truth of the gospel. God will honor us when we are bold in the truth. When we speak the truth to others, God is going to be honored and God is going to bless that. The third area that we find in our text this morning, being bold, is being bold in the light of opposition. And it's something that we may have to deal with in our coming days. As people are more tolerant, they become less tolerant of Christianity. It's a sad truth, but it is the truth. And God is calling us to continue to be bold and to preach Jesus to a lost and dying world. And when we do that, He'll be honored. Verses 1 and 2 of chapter 4, we see that Peter and John's work put them in opposition to the religious leaders of the area. There may come a day when we are opposed to mainline religion. But if they turn from Scripture, if they turn from Jesus Christ, we need to be aligned with Scripture and Jesus Christ and no one else. Chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, it says, And they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple guard, and the Sadducees, they came up to them, being greatly disturbed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. This was opposed to what they believed about the resurrection. This was opposed to what they believed. They were speaking Jesus Christ. They were being bold in the light of opposition as it was coming at them. Peter and John, in verse 3, said Peter and John landed in jail for serving the Father. It says, and they laid hands on them and put them in jail until the next day, for it was already evening. I have not been put in prison because of my religious beliefs or my speaking Jesus to anyone. I don't think anyone here has. 
There may come a day, but that's not today. But there are parts of our world where people are thrown into jail because they believe and they speak the name of Jesus Christ. Those people are being bold in their proclamation of the truth. They're being bold in the light of opposition, just like Peter and John. Verses 8 through 12, we see with the Holy Spirit's aid that Peter had the opportunity, even in those moments of opposition, to speak the truth. In verse 8, it says, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are on trial today for a benefit done to a sick man as to how this man has been made well, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by this name, this man stands here before you in good health. He is the stone which was rejected by you, the builder's but which became the chief cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that is given among men by which we must be saved. That's the truth of the gospel. And Peter spoke in light of the opposition. He might have been fearful of death. He knew that they had crucified his own Lord. But he still spoke the truth of Jesus Peter and John boldly refused to back down from the threats of the religious leaders. They knew that this, they weren't going to be turned away. They weren't going to change their minds. Too often we become wishy-washy, but I like what happens here. In verses 19 and 20, we see Peter says, But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to give heed to you rather than to God, you be the judge. For we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and we have heard. In verse 21, when they had threatened them further, they let them go, finding no basis on which to punish them on account of the people because they were all glorifying God for what had happened. For the man was more than 40 years old whom this miracle of healing had been performed. Peter and John refused to stop speaking the gospel. As I talk to our students, as I talk to you today, I ask you the same thing that I ask them. If Jesus is a big deal in your life, why aren't you talking about him? It's a simple thing. We say that Jesus is the most important person in our life. We love God. We love Jesus. But we're not talking about him. We're not sharing with people. We're not boldly speaking the truth. We're not standing up and proclaiming the truth in line of opposition. We're not boldly acting in compassion. We're not doing those things. But if Jesus is important to us, then we will act and we will speak boldly and quickly. God is calling us to do that. Now, Peter and John knew that this was a part of their life. And you look at verses 23 through 30, we see that they prayed for boldness. We read that prayer at the beginning. We're going to look at it here again. But there is something that occurs here. <clears throat> there's a recognition of who God is, there's a realization of man's weakness, and there is a request for boldness in this prayer. That's what God wants us to do, to realize that God is God, that we are nothing without Him, and that we need Him to give us the boldness in our life. In verse 23, the Bible says, When they had been released, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. 
And when they heard this, they lifted their voices to God with one accord and said, O Lord, it is you who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said, Why the Gentiles rage and the peoples devise futile things and the kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against their Christ. For truly in this city were gathered together for against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your purpose predestined to occur. And now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant that your bond servants may speak your word with all confidence while you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant Jesus. When we pray for boldness, we must recognize who God is. Verse 24, And when they heard this, they lifted their voices to God with one accord. O Lord, it is you who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and then all that is in them. We recognize that God is our creator, our provider. He is all of those things. And then in verse 28, we realize our own weakness and to do whatever your hand and your purpose predestined to occur. Realizing that God is the one in control. And then we ask, give us boldness, God. God, give Temple Baptist Church boldness to act in compassion, to speak in truth, and to keep going in the light problems, and opposition. God is calling us to make that our prayer today, to pray for boldness. But that's not the end of of our story because we realize that if we pray, God will answer. He promises us those things. And we see in verses 31 through 37 a blessing of this boldness. Verse 31 and 33, God's presence was made known. Verse 31, it says, And when they had prayed, the place where they were gathered together was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. God made himself known after they had prayed. Verse 33, And with great power the apostles were giving testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and abundant grace was upon them all. Are we bold as a congregation? I don't know how to answer that question. But I'll tell you, if we're not, it's because we're not asking for God's power to work through us for us to be bold. That's what we find here. That they prayed and God answered. They prayed and God showed up and showed himself. And then they went out and were bold in Jesus' name. In verse 32, we see that God's people were unified. So God made himself known and then he unified the people. In verse 32, and... (coughs) The congregation of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And not one of them claimed that anything belonged to him was his own, but all things were common property to them. When a church is praying for boldness to preach the gospel, to go out and make a difference in their community, they will be of one purpose and of one heart. That's what God is calling us to do. That's how God blessed here as well. And then in verses 32, verses 34 and 34 through 35, God's provision was made known by all. In verse 34 it says, For there was not a needy person among them, for all who were owners of land and houses would sell them and bring the proceeds of uh, the sales 
and lay them at the apostles' feet, and they would be distributed to each as they had need. God was providing through his people, and God was blessing these men and women and children because they were praying for boldness. As we look at this early church, as we look at what is going on here, we see this church, these men acting in boldness and compassion. We see them acting in boldness and speaking the truth and acting in boldness in opposition. That they continue to pray and God continue to bless. Now being bold or having boldness is out of many of our own comfort zones. It's not, it's just, it's not who we are. We make that, that statement. But I think that any of us, if we're praying for boldness, God will give us what we need when we need it so that we can speak the name of Jesus to a lost and dying world. Now, I know that many of you would like to simply go back into a cave and become a hermit. That's, that's my personality. I'm an introvert. Many of you know that. If I could have a little cave and just go in there, I'd be okay. But you know what? God didn't call us to live the life of a hermit. He didn't call us to, uh, to a life of just being by ourselves. He put us, as, as Wade mentioned last week, to live in community with one another, to, to grow together, to encourage one another, to reach out. And here is what we see this morning, is to be bold. God is calling us to be bold and to be courageous. Joshua 1.9 give gives us great encouragement in this area. There the Bible says, Haven't I commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You see, if we hope to impact our world for the kingdom, we must stand up and proclaim Jesus with our words and with our actions. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. And how can we do that? Whom shall I fear? The God of angel armies is on our side. Like the early church, we must be bold. And so today, let us bow before the Father realizing our own utter dependence on Him and stand boldly before this lost and dying world and give them Jesus. That's what He's called us to do. Let's pray together. God, we love You so much and we thank You for this opportunity to to come together and to look at Your Word. 